Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. This is most certainly true. Jesus is alive and death is dead. His tomb is empty and our hearts are full. His promises are fulfilled. The victory has been won. Easter brings fullness and life and joy and meaning and hope into our lives and brings them in fullest measure. Our songs of Alleluia will never end. Join us to worship our risen Lord with this Easter sermon recently delivered at Grace. The second reading from the book of Colossians chapter 3. These words of our Lord will serve as a basis for today's sermon. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Can I address the elephant in the room today? Actually, there's not an elephant in the room today that would not be socially appropriate in our day and age right now. And in fact, there's not really anybody in the church today. The church is empty. Besides the the handful of people who are here to help make this service a reality, the church is empty. And I think that this is, is like every pastor's nightmare Uh, I can remember making and preparing big services and special events and sending out all sorts of invitations and wondering who's going to come. And then in the nights leading up to that, waking up to a nightmare, in a nightmare, um, with with a cold sweat, because in that nightmare, nobody came. Well, today, nobody's here. It's a reality. It's Easter. And the church is empty. Could you ever imagine that this would have happened? We'd be celebrating Easter and we're not here. Although I feel like this is one of the the least of my concerns or should be one of the least of my concerns today. How are you doing? Just four weeks ago, schools began to shut down. And we're almost at three weeks since that safer at home order began. And right as of now, we don't necessarily know when that's going to come to an end. So how are you doing? Are you, have you been touched by the coronavirus or, or you or, or someone that you know? Are you taking a financial hit right now? Struggling to pay the next bills? Are you lonely? Missing gathering around with people? Maybe you have been going through this roller coaster of emotion, things like anger and frustration and fears and anxieties and stress. You just turn on the news and you see all of the grim death reports and the projections. You hear how hospitals are running low on supplies and you see all the video and picture pictures of people wearing masks and gloves and this is our reality. This is the life and the world we live in right now. And you look around at this and things just look bleak. Oh, and by the way, today's Easter. Are you in the mood to celebrate? Maybe for you today is a little bit bittersweet. I know it is for me. 
You want to be able to gather together with your family and friends to celebrate the joy of the risen and living Savior. But you can't do that. But we can still gather together as we are uh, online and, and across the world in different places, right? And still worship our Savior. That can't be taken from us, but it's just still not quite the same. And I don't know when this is going to come to an end and when we're going to be able to gather here in this place again together as God's people. If I were to look around at our world today, and as I do, things just don't look good. Things didn't look all that good the last we saw Jesus on Good Friday either. On that day, he was brutally beaten and falsely condemned and nailed to a cross where there he was killed and his body taken down and unceremoniously buried in a grave to be left among the dead. And that Jesus claimed that he was going to be the savior of the world and bring eternal life to all people. And the Bible, with all of its prophecies and witnesses, testified to that claim. But if Good Friday was it, if that was the only picture we had of Jesus and the last picture we had of him, it wouldn't seem like that Savior did much. But as we have learned as of late, a lot can change and a whole lot of things can go differently in just a few days. Three days, to be exact. As we heard in the gospel this morning, when the women and the disciples came to that tomb, they found the stone rolled away and the tomb was empty. And Jesus himself appeared to them outside of the tomb, alive and well, having conquered the grave and destroyed death. He was risen and living, victorious. Things are looking up. But you see, this is more than just a heroic story about an epic hero who did and won this victory and we can hear it today and then set it aside tomorrow and and just live life and and the next year, God willing, we'll all gather together here and hear it again. No, this victory of Jesus is your victory and this victory of Jesus changes your reality. The Apostle Paul, who wrote this Bible book of Colossians, tells us that because of the risen Savior, things are looking up. But we need to understand how that works. So let me read to you these verses from Colossians chapter 3. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Did you catch that? You have been raised with Christ. That's an amazing statement, isn't it? And it's this beautiful statement of of life that we've been raised with Christ, but but what have we been raised from? Paul continues and a couple verses later says, For you died. Well, now what exactly does it mean that you have died? We're not like a bunch of, of zombies or ghosts or spirits just floating around. No, understand the death that we have gone under so that we could be raised again. Let me take you back just a little bit further before our reading for today into the book of Colossians chapter 2, where there the Apostle Paul says this. When you were dead in your sins. We're not talking about physical death. 
We're talking about spiritual death here. And what causes spiritual death? Being separated from the almighty creator, eternal God who gives life. When you were dead in your sins. Sin causes that death. If you think that the coronavirus is a terrifying thing, that holds nothing up to the terrifying fact of the infectious disease of sin. In fact, sin is so contagious and infectious that it has infected every single person in this world. Every one of us are born with a sinful nature and we act out, we act out in sin. And that sin causes death. It causes spiritual death. It separates us from one another and it separates us from God. And sin is the reason that we have physical death in this world that we mourn. And it's the reason that if it's not, if it's not taken care of, that sin will lead us to have eternal death, which is hell and eternal separation from God. And what are the symptoms of sin? Well, it's things like a selfish attitude and a self-centered life. It's an angry heart. It's a filthy mouth, lying lips, lustful eyes, a general feeling of dissatisfaction. It's, it's thinking that I know better than God or I don't need God in my life. And that's just the tip of the list of symptoms that our sin has in our lives. And you know this. You know this. And when we look at this reality of how our sin separates us from God, things just don't look good. Our sin deserves death. But listen to what God has done to rescue you from that impending death. When you were dead in your sins, God made you alive with Christ. Did you catch that? God made you alive with Christ. And how did he do that? He continues in Colossians 2. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. So in other words, he has canceled all of the accusations and charges that are against you because of your sin. And how did he do that? He continues. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, having disarmed Satan and all his accusations, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. God took all of your sinful nature, in all of your sins, in all of your guilt, all of that burden, all the punishment that you deserve, and he put it on the perfect Savior, Jesus, who was nailed to that cross. And there, Jesus, who led a perfect life and died an innocent death for you, there he paid the price in full for your sins, so that the charges that could be brought against you are all canceled, wiped out. In other words, God says, you are no longer guilty, but you are freely and fully forgiven. The burden of guilt is gone, it's lifted, and you have new life. But how do we really know that God has accepted Jesus' sacrifice and that we really are forgiven? 
Will you look at Jesus' tomb again with me today? What do you see? Well, it's still empty, of course. Jesus rose from the dead. It's the proof that his death, his life, his death, and his resurrection truly paid the price for our sins. He is risen. He is living. We are forgiven. Things are looking up. So understand what it means as we have this connection to Jesus through faith. The Apostle Paul tells us in Colossians 3 that just as Christ died on a cross, we too died with him. All of our sinful nature, our sin, our guilt, all was on the cross and died with Jesus. And just as Christ rose from the dead to become alive, we too through faith in Christ rise to a new life. God accepted Jesus' sacrifice for us on our behalf. And so he raises us up too to have new life with him. A life that is hidden in him. A life that is held and protected with Christ in our Lord God. And that life, that new life allows us to look at this world and the life that we live in such a different light. It gives us opportunities each and every day to live a new life, to put aside the sinful nature and all of its desires that Christ has overcome and live that new life with God. Because our Savior Jesus is risen and living, things are looking up. Not only does Jesus' resurrection change our lives, but it changes how we live our lives. Do you recall or know the Old Testament prophet named Elijah? God used Elijah as a spokesperson for his people Israel during a very rough patch in their history. At this time, many people had turned away from God and they were worshiping the idols of the land or just chasing after the things of this world. Well, here there was this spectacular miracle in which Elijah and the Lord were pitted against the prophets of the false gods. Whoever's God would set fire to the sacrifice up on Mount Carmel, that would be the true God. But the Lord God didn't disappoint. He rained down from heaven fire upon that that sacrifice, a sacrifice that had become waterlogged, and he burned up not just this wet sacrifice, but the entire stone altar too, while the false gods did nothing. Now you would think that such a spectacular miracle and display of God's power would have encouraged Elijah and strengthened his faith and given him hope and joy. But do you know what happened? Elijah looked around at the world and he saw that many people still didn't believe in the Lord God and his life was still in danger and he still felt like he was all alone. Elijah just wanted to die. Things weren't looking so good for Elijah. Today's Easter. It's the joyous celebration that our Savior has destroyed sin and death and Satan and he lives that we can have life through faith in him. And yet I wonder, I wonder that if in spite of this great joy that we ought to have and live in each day, if if too often we don't find ourselves like Elijah, looking around at the world and seeing all that is taking place and losing hope. 
And after all, there's an unseen virus that is creating havoc in our world. The economy has crashed. You are dealing with stress and health issues and loneliness. And you're missing being with the people that you love. And you can't be in worship. And let's not forget the daily struggles that you have with the temptations that are in your life. It's easy to look around at the world and and see that things just aren't looking good. But that's because we're looking at the world. The resurrection changes where we look. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. When I was a kid, my parents would prepare these little Easter baskets full of goodies for me and each of my siblings, and they would be hidden somewhere in the house for us to go and find. It was this fun Easter tradition. Well, I can recall one Easter that I had searched every nook and cranny of our house trying to find my basket, and all my other siblings had already found theirs, but I couldn't find mine. And I got so frustrated that I got to the point of of anger and just wanting to give up. I didn't even want the silly basket anymore. But then my parents finally gave me a hint. They said, look up. And looking up, I saw there perched on the the fan, the ceiling fan, and the, the light fixture there, my Easter basket. I just had to stop looking down at everything around me and everything I was frustrated about and, and just look up. When Elijah lost focus and looked at all the things of the world and became overwhelmed, God strengthened and refocused Elijah by reminding him of God's continued presence and his promises. When Mary, that Easter morning at the tomb, was overwhelmed with grief, Jesus spoke her name and she looked up and saw her Savior. My friends, we can look around at the world right now and see so much wrong with the world and even with our own lives and become so overwhelmed with frustration to the point of anger and just wanting to give up and lose hope. But stop looking at the world. And look up at Jesus, your risen and living Savior. Look up. Look up and see the beautiful Easter basket that God has prepared for you with Easter gifts, like the beautiful gift of faith and the promise of God's presence in your life and the peace of free and full forgiveness and an inheritance in heaven to live forever with our Lord God. And all of the fruits of God's blessing still in your life today. Look up and see the risen and living Savior seated at the right hand of God. The place and position of power and authority where there Jesus rules over all things in your life and in this world. Look up at this powerful reminder that God is and always will be in control of this world even when it seems like the world is filled with chaos. Look up and see the blessings that God is still at work because you are not going to find a real and lasting hope in this world, but you will find a real and lasting hope in Jesus. Look up 
and look up from your sinful, selfish desires and your self-centered attitude and look up and see the ways that we can serve God and one another with love and joy and peace and kindness and patience. Look up. Look up and see your risen and living Savior because in Him, things are looking up. I've heard it said about this Easter in particular that the church is empty, but the good news is the tomb is empty too. Now I agree that the tomb is empty and that is something for us to rejoice about, but I'm not so sure I'm on board with the idea that the church is empty. Yeah, this building here on the corner of Broadway and Juno is pretty empty today, but God's church is full. Just look up. Look up and see that while we can't gather here in this physical place today on Easter, we are still gathering with hearts and minds and souls in all sorts of different places around our city and country and maybe even the world today, all celebrating the the resurrected Savior. Look up and see how now, maybe more than any other time in my life, people are more willing and able to share their faith with other people in their conversations, in the way they care for one another, as they throw their faith up on social media and on their window panes and even on sidewalks. Look up and see how we are praising our Lord even in the midst of a pandemic. And look up and see how God still works even in the midst of crisis. May your hearts and minds be set on things above this Easter and not on these earthly things. Look up to our risen and living Savior and be filled with joy. Rejoice! Christ is risen and he lives that we no more may die. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support the work that we do to proclaim the love of Jesus in Milwaukee and around the world, visit www.gracedowntown.org. This grace is for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.